Hey, thank you for listening to the Real Perspectives podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us and tell one of your colleagues about the interview you're about to hear or have heard in the past. We hope you enjoy our conversations and that you'll listen to others in our library. If you have any thoughts, ideas, or suggestions, please reach out. We'll do our best to incorporate them. Thanks again. Adam Clark is the president of the newly formed Aegis Development, which was formed by Aegis Living following a number of successful and award-winning developments the company completed in the recent past. This new consulting arm will pursue future site development for Aegis Living and help the organization grow and maintain its leadership in the industry. Here's our conversation about this new and exciting work Adam will be doing for the organization going forward. Welcome to the podcast. Adam, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me here, Vlad. Yeah, where do we find you today? Where are you? Uh, I am in Bellevue, Washington. So, lovely cloudy day here in Bellevue. <laughs> okay. Well, it wouldn't be the Puget Sound without without some rain and over over overcast right weather. I mean, that's sort of what we're what we're dealing with here regularly, right? That's right. Yeah, uh, Adam. Uh, you know, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, part of what I you know do at the beginning of of, of these interviews, I asked I asked the you know guests to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about you know their their path to to this role, and sort of how the you know the winding road, if you will, of your career kind of got you to where you are today. Great. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've been in senior living in a variety of different roles here for going on 20 years now. I started with uh, Aegis Living Operations in 20, uh, 2003, excuse me. Uh, I, I've worn a variety of different hats in senior living, uh, from an operator to working in finance, uh, overseeing our, our technology department. I've served on the board uh, in a variety of different roles uh, within the industry from a consultation, uh, board positions, uh, founding member of uh, Washington State University's Granger Cobb uh, Institute of Senior Housing. Uh, so been in the industry for a, a number of years now and uh, – have uh, have been working with the development team for about six months in this new capacity as the president of Aegis Development. Okay, and and before we get into Aegis Development, uh, tell us a little bit about Aegis Living and sort of you know the company in general, kind of where you know where is it geographically? What sort of you know position does it does it hold in the in the industry, if you will? Um, sure. and, and kind of, you know, what, 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 you know, how long has it been around and, you know, where's your sphere of influence, if you will, right? Yeah. Well, Aegis Living is celebrating its uh, 25th anniversary this year. We operate 36 high-end communities uh, throughout the West Coast. Our primary market is in the Puget Sound area, but we also have uh, regions in the San Francisco Bay Area and Southern California as well. The space that we really occupy in the market is is the higher-end luxury assisted living and, and memory care uh, area. Um, we have five communities that are currently in development, but 36 that are that are open and, and currently operating. Okay, and so tell us about um, Ages Development. How how did that come about, and how did this sort of part of your organization get its distinction? 
Sure. Well, throughout our history, we've been asked to consult on different developments, uh, help with site identification, uh, identifying needs in specific geographical areas. And it's something that we've always helped our, our friends and colleagues with. Uh, but as we see the need increasing for aging care, uh, we, we decided, well, geez, this is the perfect opportunity to have this be its own standalone entity to be able to help people bring to market similar products that we've uh, built here in, in the Puget Sound and have in construction in California. And as an organization, will you primarily focus on, you know, ageist living or will you work with sort of external sort of third parties to develop uh, these projects? Yeah, so Aegis Living is going to continue to be our, our primary customer here moving forward. Uh, but we are open to uh, consultation, providing uh, we have a menu of services that we've constructed, uh, again, using the suggestions over the past 25 years of, of referrals and suggestions that we've given to the mar broader market uh, for, for, for a variety of different services related to development um, in the senior housing space. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about kind of what's happening in senior housing um, in general. So we've all kind of, you know, heard the headlines about, you know, there's like, you know, 80,000 baby boomers are you know, retiring or something like that in, in, a, in, in, in a minute or, you know, of, of you know, every day. Um, sure. This is a growing market, right? Um, what yeah. what What space does that occupy, not just on the West Coast, but just in terms of, um, you know, would, would you call it multifamily development? Um, you know, how is, how is it being viewed across the industry as a, as a, as a, you know, sector of, uh, of commercial real estate? Yeah, well, I mean, we in the senior housing industry call call the aging baby boomers the silver tsunami. So generally, we take care of about 20% of the 80-plus population. The highest percentage of individuals turning 80 in the history of humanity is, is going to be starting here in 2026. Oh, okay. Uh, so about 80 million people – I'm sorry, I – I got that incorrect. I think it's about 70 million people are going to be turning 80 between 2026 and 2035. Um, so you could just do the the backwards math to understand what the demand is going to be for an 80 plus population uh, at any given time. There's about 2 million units that are in operation for congregate housing related to the senior population as of today. Um, average age of those communities is, is, and this is guessing, probably 25 to 28 years of age. So there is an incredible demand that is coming our way at the later part of this decade. Um, and, you know, as it pertains to similarities between uh, multifamily and, and hospitalities, there's a, a lot of similar features. Yeah. Um, you know, we have uh, communal dining. There's a lot of activity space. Uh, we take a lot of cues from hospitality, from our design features. Um, so there's there's a lot of parallels that go into the design and development of, of these products that we're putting in. Are there certain parts of the country where this aging population, you know, you, you expect it to be, you know, more heavily representative? So, you know, Florida, Arizona, <laughs> West Coast, like, um, or is it pretty much spread across the country? 
Yeah, for the Sun Belt areas, I, I think that a lot of people are, are going to be retiring there, but that's still more of an independent living product. Right. So you, we're seeing a lot of development in Arizona, Florida, Texas. Um, but the the type of care that we usually uh, develop for is is more of a subacute setting. So somebody that still needs assistance with one or two activities of daily living, and you know most of those residents want to live next door to their adult daughter. Uh, so we are doing a lot of studying on the demographic trends and, and getting uh, information from change of address repositories uh, to see where people are moving forward and, and who they want to be close to. And that, that person is the 62-year-old adult daughter. So as, as we look to do consultation on um, development, that is a key component is where is the working adult child living here? Um, and there's equal demand with the Sun Belt and every other top 20 MSA uh, in the country. So I, I want to say that uh, being in, in a warmer climate next to a beach is definitely uh, something that we here in Aegis Development are going to be focusing on here over the next uh, couple yeah. of years. And from a location point of view, is it a suburban product, uh, you know, urban product, a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both. I mean, there's different elements that go into the development of uh, of urban developments and and suburban uh, developments. Uh, one of the things that we've really found are uh, enticing to larger municipalities is is our. Uh, green building. We've just uh, constructed the first carbon neutral senior housing community in the world uh, in collaboration with the International Living Futures Institute under their Living Building Challenge. Uh, so that is something that we're helping uh, a variety of different municipalities, mostly urban municipalities, define what additional bonuses you can get for construction, whether it's uh, height bonuses, which we were awarded with Seattle. We had some uh, FAR bonuses that we were awarded because of those carbon uh, offsets that we are providing for this unique product that we're bringing to market. And we're, we're trying to continue to be a thought leader in that space for other municipalities and other developers as, as we continue to move along uh, with the continued uh, operations of of our Lake Union building and a secondary product that we have coming up uh, in West Seattle here that should be opening up in 2026. Yeah, interesting. Um, one of the things when when we you know had our prep call for this interview, um, you know, Adam, you stated that there was there was um, a lot of recognition from around the industry about some of the things that you guys do and how you do them, and that was perhaps you know the impetus for kind of you know you know kicking off your part of the organization um how does you know ages do things differently what what do you think you know keeps you guys or makes you guys stand apart from the rest of the industry yeah our our buildings are really unique pieces of history that really is representative of all of the areas in which in the area in which it serves so an example again of the lake union project that we just opened up in august uh it is very close to 
where the University of Washington road team had their crew house uh, during the 1936 Olympic. And we had built the building to resemble a lot of the aspects of the original crew house with an actual uh, crew uh, boat in in the entry. We have one of the Olympic flames that was carried in the 1936 Olympics, and <clears throat> this this is something that we do a lot of deep studying on the history of the communities. And you know, it's it's something that a lot of people in the senior housing space would really like to focus, I think, more on the economy of scale. And so you'll see a lot of similar architecture, regardless of where the neighborhood is, um, just because it's it's easier to produce the same box over and over again. And we, we really want to push against that because this is going to be people's home. It's going to be a gathering space for the community. And we want people to to learn more about their community and, and be part of the history moving forward. So we have a similar community that is our, one of our next communities is opening up here in Boward, Washington. And those for you that are in the Seattle area, you'll, you'll know that Boward has a very heavy Norwegian flair. And we've been uh, partnering with the local his, historical society to bring elements of, of their museum pieces actually into into the community. Um, the building is going to be designed uh, based off of a, a fish cannery that is in uh, Norway. And uh, all of the elements in the interior are going to be heavily inspired of the history of, of the neighborhood. Um, and we find that that not only you know draws in the community, but gives a nod to the incredible people that are going to be living with it. Yeah. And um, I, I expect um, that similarly, as you look um, to, to, you know, what are some of these, you know, other trends across the industry, this notion that you, you know, brought up about um, the, you know, living building challenge, this whole thing around carbon neutrality, I, I imagine with, you know, greater awareness, um, is this the direction that you're going to go? Do you envision you know, all of the future projects, perhaps sort of having these types of features. How important is this? Is this for you guys? I think it's incredibly important. And I think that uh, we we have an understanding that there is going to be some mandates uh, in the development industry for some uh, more green technologies sure, yep. that are going to be implemented. So not only is is it the right thing to do, but we want to make sure that we're ahead of the game and defining the space and understand what technologies are are functional um, and and what good ideas may need some ironing out in the future. So um, we, I think, we as a as as an organization understand the. The direction the country is is heading for sustainability, um, and in order to, to to be at the front of the line and be the the, the person that is steering the ship here, um, we are probably going to develop at, at least uh, one every two or three years, if not more. That's amazing. Yeah, as you you know you you explain kind of some of the you know unique um, you know. Uh, features that you're adding to your properties based on based on the you know locale in which you are in are there any are there any cues that you guys are also picking up from other places you know um are there certain you know projects across europe or asia or you know other parts of the world where um there's been some innovation and you know things where you guys look at it and be like oh this is interesting i wonder if it could work in the u.s as well 
Yeah, qu- quite a few. I mean, we, we look to high-end hospitality fairly regularly, and I, I would say most of our interiors are, are FF and E list is, is probably taken more from a European flair uh, than it is from definitely any senior living products that we have here in the U.S., but uh, we take a lot of inspiration from FF&E and probably just as much from a design perspective, but we, we've definitely found that the local neighborhood and the history elements play a larger part in the exterior design. Yeah, yeah. So um, what then do you focus on uh, over the next you know, 12 months, 36 months for ages development? Where, where are uh, your you know, sites on? Yeah, well, we continue to want to be a, a thought leader in individual, unique, uh, high-end luxury designs throughout uh, the U.S. Uh, we, we're, we're looking for passionate uh, partners that have the same vision of, uh, of out-of-the-box design elements, and, and uh, we, we are continuing to, to keep our door open and respond to emails and uh, seek out partnerships of, of people that maybe have partnered in high-end hospitality, maybe are focusing on the luxury condo space. Uh, so those are the partners that we're looking for right now. Okay. And then uh, just in terms of, um, you know, uh, construction and, you know, development and that kind of stuff, how much of that will have an impact on what you do? And do you do you feel there's some of the same ailments that are, you know, there, uh, you know, across the industry, you know, as it as it pertains to, you know, labor shortage, but also, um, you know, logistics and you know, supply chain stuff. Is that is that a challenge for you guys as well? It's obviously a, a challenge for us. I think the incredible differentiating factor that we have here is is the immense demand that we see coming at us over the next four years. Um, I, I don't think that there's an industry that you can say, okay, well, you're going to double or triple the amount of customers that you're going to have in your space in X amount of years. And and we're very unique in, in that situation. So um, we're very excited that other other multifamily products, other development companies are experiencing these pain points because I, I don't think, again, there's another industry that can clearly point out a, a demand curve that is exponential growth um, other than senior living at this point. Right, right. Um, so, uh, you know, as, as you look at, you know, over the next couple of years and things that need to be accomplished, um, what are some things that excite you? What are some things that, you know, you know concern you a little bit? Things that excite me are, uh, again, the demand and and being able to be a thought leader outside of our core markets. Um, you know, we we as Aegis Operations have always had a philosophy of being within two hours of our of our. Uh, of our home office. And again, we're here in Bellevue, Washington. So the farthest that Aegis operations would ever develop is probably the Southern California area. Um, you know, I think that the thing that, that I'm afraid of, and I wouldn't even say that it's afraid of because I think we have a lot of passionate people in our industry is just, just getting people excited about working in the, in the senior space and, and focusing on how incredible this, this industry can be. It's going to be a huge need throughout the world and opening up the opportunities to a wider audience has has been difficult in the past but again i think this next generation of senior housing leaders are going to be inspirational in in what they do not only from a design perspective but programmatically as well 
Yeah. As you look at some of these possible new developments um, coming on online that you want to focus on, uh, how does this sort of kind of macroeconomic, you know, um, shift and especially in terms of like, you know, interest rates and, you know, lending and that kind of stuff, does, does that impact what, what you guys are doing the same way that it would impact, let's say, a typical multifamily development? Uh, yeah, it, it, it does. Uh, but we're just, uh, senior living is, is much more of a needs based, uh, industry that I, I would say, and I would have a hard time assigning a number, but it's drastically less than, you know, if someone needs to buy a house and interest rates go from three to 7%, then obviously the demand is going to fall off a cliff. If someone is, is having an issue and is no longer able to provide care for them, then, there's still going to be a demand there. So we've always said, and senior living is a recession-proof industry, uh, and I, I would have to say that uh, during the last recession, the great financial crisis, uh, we were able to get some incredible land that we probably wouldn't be able to get today. So at least from Aegis's partnership with Aegis develops partnership with Aegis operations, I see incredible opportunity that's in front of us to be in some extremely high barrier to entry markets that we've been looking at for some time. I think that as multifamily uh, developers start to look at their portfolio and maybe have projects that aren't penciling I think that it's also going to start creeping into their mind and saying, well, geez, I mean, could we do something senior here? What are the elements that I haven't considered? So there's a lot of people with a lot of great dirt and, you know, people that they want to keep working that this is an ideal time for Aegis Development to step in and say, well, this this is how you do this, and we can hold your hand through this process, and, you know, you, you can diversify your portfolio of projects that you have by implementing senior when making uh, spec houses might might not be a good idea or townhouses aren't aren't doing what you thought that they would do so um it, it's it's the demand is always going to keep up with other developments uh verticals but it when when those opportunities to develop other products um start to be less appealing or harder to pencil senior housing even becomes a stronger product. So, um, yes, obviously, supply chains, construction costs, interest costs, they they affect us. But, again, demand is is where we are, are shining brighter than ever. You mentioned, obviously, the uh, demographic shift, which is working in your favor. You've talked a little bit about um, you know, some of the kind of entertainment and hospitality sort of aspects of um, senior living. What are some other big trends that you see that will shape the industry coming in the next few years? You know, with an aging population, uh, there has has been a lot of focus on, on what subacute offerings can be done in in your home and uh in senior living communities so 
things like like physical therapy where they used to take place in, in nursing homes are now more widely available in assisted living. Um, you know, mental health consultations with the uh, with the growth of the telehealth industry, being able to see a, a mental health professional, especially a geriatric psychiatrist in in your uh, in your home, in your community, alongside with with the nurse that might be there. Um, yeah. There's a lot more services that can be coordinated in an assisted living building that previously you would have to coordinate transportation or have your adult daughter take time off of work to take you in. So again, it's we're trying to be this blend of hospitality, private living, and healthcare all in all in one setting. So the the development team has been incredibly cognizant of that by creating uh, spaces for for telehealth rooms, for creating spaces for physical therapy. And, you know, this is a great part of Aegis development being an offspring of Aegis operations because these unique spaces that are going to be crucial to weave the fabric of how hospitality and healthcare work together to create a ideal situation for an aging population, we have the expertise. We're, we're able to say, well, this this room goes here and, you know, this is this is how we do telehealth. This is the adequate equipment that we need to purchase in order to give physical therapy services and the like. Yeah, very interesting. Um, Adam, what would define success for you guys? I I just really want to be a a thought leader in this space. So defining success would be to, again, find uh, incredible leaders where we can see ages-like buildings really throughout the world. Um, We we just want to show the world what we've done here internally, show them our incredible buildings, uh, show them that people don't have to be timid to live in a community. Um, One of the favorite things that I hear when I give tours and we show off our buildings quite frequently is, I, I want to live here. I mean, we want everybody to walk into a building and and just be flabbergasted as to as to what senior living can be. And we see that every day when we show people our incredible buildings, and and that's what we want the industry to be. Um, and we think that we do it uh, we, honestly better than than most of the developers out there. And uh, we we want people to take our lead. So that's that that would be success for us. Yeah. You've been now in this industry for a couple of decades. You've um, certainly been around uh, throughout the organization, sort of carrying different roles and really seeing, uh, overseeing now a uh, an, an evolution into into a into a new sort of area for the for the enterprise. Um, you know, for those who are interested in learning more, getting into the business, uh, even uh, if you were to you know look at yourself, uh, you know, at, at a, as a you know. Um, you know, twenty-five-year-old, right? What what advice would you would you give uh, to somebody like that? So, one of the things that I've been very passionate about is my participation in Washington State University development of the first uh, senior housing business management degree, and I see the incredible experiences that some of the students and interns have in working with the industry. The advice that they get from the mentors that are our residents. I, I would really go back when I was 25 and I would work with the youth uh, and encourage more people in university systems to get into this industry. It's it's here in ages we call it the third paycheck where 
you 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 get your your soft benefits, you get your paycheck, but then you also get the time and the experience of just amazing, amazing people. And there's an incredible need from an industry perspective, but I, I think from a societal perspective too, spending more time with the incredible people that we have living in our communities uh, is is just incredible. And then you know the thought leadership and bringing some new technologies to our industry would would be mutually beneficial for everybody. So that's what if I can go back and talk to my 25 year old self, I would encourage myself to spend more time doing that. It's just been incredible journey for the limited time I put into it. Excellent. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Have a great rest of the week. All right. Thanks, Vlad. That was another episode of the Real Perspectives podcast, and we thank you for taking the time to listen to it. Conversations like these help us comprehend our evolving industry better and hopefully provide a perspective that helps you understand the dynamics of commercial real estate. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our show and tell your colleagues about it. That is the best way to spread the news and help us remain relevant across the industry. Cheers. Cheers.